dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and we're here to talk about week two semi-final AFL football. Now, if you haven't tuned in, we did a full review on our show earlier in the week. So make sure you go check that out, Behind the Boundary Podcast. Uh, But tonight, it's all about what's upcoming, this final series, Sauce. Hey, Pez. Uh, yeah, very exciting. It's good to be able to get to Thursday night. The teams are out. You're starting to build towards that vibe before week two and you make or break. You know, losers go home and they end up in our uh, hashtag, uh, you know, bring your own hashtag, Pez, with uh, seasons over next week. And yeah, it's back to the drawing board for some and some really, really big games this week, Pez with clubs' reputations on the line. Geelong lose, they go out in straight sets. Um, you know, again, that sort of buying a premiership is up in, up in, up in the air. You look at um, Brisbane, they, you know, if they go a third time out, um, you know, a second time in straight sets, it could be really, you know, real, are they in the right direction? If you look at some of the other teams there, GWS, whilst they have made a, a final, the, you know, the huge impact that Toby Green has had and a potential future leader of the club, and then, of course, you look at the Western Bulldogs. You know, has that uh, last month of football really cost them a, a chance in AFL Premiership if they lose? Yeah, a couple of really big contests and uh, all uh, overtaken the first game, I think, by injuries, which we'll get into and talk about injuries and suspension. And then the second game is really, really intriguing for mine, uh, especially when we get into our bet slips and, and speak about the odds and things like that. A few things to, to sweep under. Um Unfinals related, but AFL related. Uh, in terms of Collingwood hiring their new coach this week, uh, and one from left field, one some could say. I think it's left field because it's a name that a lot of people outside of the AFL circle wouldn't know, Pez. You look at um, the big clubs like Collingwood and Carlton and Essendon, they generally go after those big dogs, you know, and we were talking about this pre-show. It's been a long time since Collingwood have had to to make an appointment for a start and then to get a a name that, I guess, with, um, you know, the general football um, lover probably wouldn't know in Craig McRae. Yeah, well, uh, he... He's coached his own club before as well, which I think is always a really big thing. So he led uh, Richmond VFL side to a 2019 premiership, which is huge. Uh, he's, he's premiership player as well, you know, the three years at Brisbane, 2001, 02, 03 against Collingwood. So Collingwood fans would have, you know, hated Craig, Craig back early 2000s. And now <laughs> uh, he's going to lead the way there. But um, you obviously watched his press conference as well, Source, and I thought he handled himself pretty well and he was pretty, you know, straight bat and play him by the rules and if someone asked him a question and he just answered it he wasn't going to elaborate if he didn't need to yeah, what I like about this appointment, Pez, is it's um, you know the new Collingwood that they're really trying to turn away from its its history, and it, they've put themselves in the perfect spot for a rebuild. You know, McRae has experience at the AFL Academy. You know, he worked there for four or five years, really breeding some young talent. So he he knows he knows how to identify the talent. He knows how to get some of these young stars. He's worked with Jamie Elliott, Brody Grundy, and Darcy Moore. They're Collingwood players as well as the abundance of players that have come through those academies. You know, he spent six years um, under under Clarko, which is a pretty good sort of tutelage there, Pez. Uh, one that uh, Sam Mitchell didn't want to do, but it is definitely a good sort of uh, tutelage there. So it's it, it, it's a good appointment for Collingwood, I think. Yeah, well, you go out left field. It doesn't really matter who's going to be their coach in terms of them competing in the next few years. But um, for him to come in, maybe turn that, that club around and, you know, 
bought some bought some new talent, which is trying trying to be happening this year, and and try and get the management of that club, uh, the debacle that's been happening in the last few seasons. Try and get that on on the train tracks, get it get it straight, get it going, because the the tram or the train has been derailed in the last few seasons at Collingwood, so they need to straighten that up. Yeah, they need um, they need to start to bring some more credibility to it, Pez. And, and you know, if you actually look at his coaching career and his playing coaching honours, he's one that brings success in, in everything that he touches. So hopefully, as a young coach getting his first uh, first real crack at the reins, and you know where he's making all the decisions and that that uh, the Collingwood can be successful because that's uh, that's one of the things that whilst everyone doesn't uh, like Collingwood, Pez, football's a lot better when those big clubs are playing and performing well. Oh, football's a lot better when they're down the bottom of the ladder for mine. So I'm assuming it's Yeah, that's because you're a St. Kilda uh, supporter there, Pearson. <laughs> you, you, you speak about um, the big names and the, probably the big names on offer. You got Alistair Clarkson, who, you know, is available if, if you're looking in terms like that. You got Ross Lyon as the other massive name. And uh, Collingwood, you know, uh, look, they weren't interested. Um, they were definitely approached. Uh, I think at least Alistair Clarkson would have been definitely had a conversation with them and uh, he probably doesn't want to go to a rebuilding club. We know Ross Lyon wants to come into a nearly ready-made list uh, and be able to, you know, get him to a grand final and lose in, in the next few years uh, for whatever club he goes to, which brings us to Carlton and, and what's going on with them at the moment because Ross Lyon was the roaring favourite uh, to get the job. He was uh, talking all over it. He was making comments about it uh, as well in the media and he's pulled out of the race for whatever reason today and they're going to go through the full process. Yeah, really interesting there, Pez, because he did put his um, sort of name in the ring, and then I think some of it sort of stemmed from Ed Langdon's comments uh, after Melbourne's winner over the weekend, him talking about, you know, how the impact that Simon Goodwin and the coaching style that he's had, you know, Ed Langdon obviously coming from uh, Fremantle and spending five years there, just saying that, you know, he, you know, when he was in the locker room and players didn't look Ross in the eye, they were, during meetings, there'd be, you know, really... Um, aggressive sort of reactions and yelling and it's a really calming sort of in, um, environment to be in. So really interesting that those comments were made for a start. It's very unusual for, for a player to go on, on the call and that's the most coach. It's the most interesting thing, mate. That is the most interesting thing about this. Ed Langdon still in the finals. Why are you even getting involved? I'm really confused about why those comments were made public and, and why he even said that in the media. Yeah, it's it's not a good look for, for Ed Langdon there at all, Pez, but I guess it sort of put a... He hasn't really been questioned about, at all about it. It's sort of, you know, they were just these comments made. There's been no follow-up to it, no anything, whatever. He wants to focus on his finals, which is his right to do, but why make those comments? I just don't understand it at all. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. But Ross Lyon uh, out of Carlton, I thought Carlton would have been a better suit for him than the Collingwood list because they've got, you know, some up and... Up and up stars, you've got Harry McKay, the common medalist, you've got Sam Walsh in the middle of the ground, you've got Jacob Wiedering down back, uh, you've got Patrick Cripps in there, you've got a few other players uh, around there with a, a decent core that with the right leadership and, and coaching you'd think would be able to push because everyone or Carlton supporters definitely think they're going to be able to push the eight every single year with the talent that they've got. And maybe they should be able to. So uh, it'll be really interesting for mine when this uh, – coaching process is done and and who they choose and what Ross Lyon's plans are in the future because I'm 100% sure that he wants to coach again. You don't come out with those sort of comments, Pez, uh, saying, you know, I'm putting my hat in the ring so close to after they've done all the review and Clarkson put his hand and said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I I think that if you listen to him on Triple M and you listen to him on on Fox Footy and stuff, 
He's, he's got a very great knowledge that definitely can be taken advantage by a club, but I think he's going to be really picky because he does want that ready-made that ready made side. So probably looking for one of these sides, as we talk about Pez in this finals campaign, that, that are disappointed. You know, like if, if Geelong don't, you know, they go out in straight sets, the, Scott could be looking for, for a new role. I mean, I can't see them sacking him at the end of the season. They'll probably wait till his contract's out, out the door. But they're going to have the same thing at Brisbane Pets, you know, another disappointing pre postseason. So I think in the, in the next couple of months, there will be some, uh, maybe some coaching jobs up there. But Ross Lyon definitely wants to get back in the game, but he wants that ready made side. Yeah, he needs to have someone. So he needs teams to really fall over and make a really big yep. call uh, on that. So he either didn't want Carlton in the end or Carlton didn't want him or something just wasn't marrying up. So uh, that's that's the pretty weird uh, coaching news and uh, probably the biggest thing to happen not finals related. So the other big thing, of course, we spoke about our, our thoughts on it in our show earlier in the week was Toby Green and we both said, you know, he's definitely going to be suspended. We just don't know how long for. So... Uh, he ended up getting a three-match ban, which if they win every game, he would be suspended for the grand final, which is uh, a pretty big call. But the AFL, not happy enough with the with the three-week suspension. There is a range of things to unpack in this, Pez. You know, the whole process, uh, if we start from the, from the real, you know, right from the start there, the AFL went in and with the recommendation of six weeks. Um, and then you look at what happened and what actually transpired during the tribunal. Toby Green and his team went in there and uh, pleaded not guilty for bumping. And pleaded, you know, that he, he didn't mean to do it, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't disruptive, it wasn't uh, disgruntled, it wasn't disrespectful, and basically played the the, the pleaded pleaded the fifth piece that I, I didn't do anything, uh, which is a really odd thing to do, in um, especially when you listen to the media this week, the complexities of this and how blatantly obvious it was that, that he made contact with an umpire. Yeah, very very strange. Uh, you know, a little bit of a I was an accident, and you know, I was just you know having a discussion with him and walked off and. And didn't realise where I was. He was just, you know, heated in that moment. And we know Toby Green, when he when he steps onto that footy field, he's he's going to be doing some certain things. There was an All Australian team that came out this year of players that he's done something to to get either fined or suspended, and he's able to fill the whole field. So he, he's one of the most uh, I would say hated players by by other clubs for that reason, uh, where he takes some things too far. But I think if he doesn't take those things too far. He, he doesn't, he's not the player that he is. But in this circumstance, he's just got to be careful. He was suspended from a prelim final just two seasons ago, and now he's suspended for the rest of the final series when he is the most important player, maybe not even in that club, but in the AFL. And uh, he needs to take a good hard look at himself. And, you know, he's a great football player, great footy mind, and he's really aggressive. He needs to try and keep that aggressiveness without doing these stupid things to get suspended. Yeah, and it's it comes at a very interesting time, Pez, because we look back before he got suspended. You know, with, with what he just came off a, an appeal process, what a month ago, and before that, we were talking about you know him leading GWS into a final series and him having those you know uh, captain aspirations. We spoke just just last week about you know potentially him being a captain of the All Australian side, and you can't have this sort of it's it's peripheral sort of um, there's a lack of peripheral vision in terms of. What he's getting done for aren't football acts either, Pez. It's not like, you know, he's copped a high bump from going in there. You look at the other one, it was a raised forearm, you know, and you look at some of the other charges. We've got the eye gouge, we've got a kick, we've got a bumping of an umpire. I mean, they're just stupid decisions. And he's had 22 charges across his 10-year AFL career. If he'd had the six weeks, Pez, this would have put him up at 16 weeks 
suspension across yeah. his 10-year career. Local footy, 16 weeks, you're deregistered. Like, th- think about Lifetime that. suspension. Think about that. Yeah. Like, it's just – it's. He needs to get this out of his game, pairs, and we love players that play on the edge and we love players that go in hard, but these aren't hard acts. They're dumb, stupid, costing final series acts. Oh, he's, he's cost his team big time here, and uh, if you're up in the leadership group or the management or the coaching staff at GWS, you'll be absolutely filthy for, for what he did, and is it that other players just need to keep getting in his ear, like, I can see that he's, you know, boiling over. Don't do anything stupid. Come here, come here. Tuck him under the arm. Walk him over so he's not walking near the umpire or the other team. Shouldn't have to be like that, uh, especially with a, a player that should be the captain of that AFL club. So uh, I'm sure we'll speak about his his loss within the game when we get into our, our previews of it. Uh, but it's uh, really disappointing for GWS and all their supporters. Question without notice, Pez. What do you think they do in terms? He's currently the vice captain uh, now. We've seen in the games where he was captain this year, and you know Stephen Cornelio is obviously probably not not the person for the job in terms of the captain. We've seen his leadership skills on and off the field through the Prime documentary. We we look at Toby Green. We we think that he's got that captain thing uh, material. Do, do GWS make that call and make him a captain next year, uh, or what do they do in terms of their leadership? Before last week, I was a hundred percent certain that that was going to happen. Now, it's put a little bit of a shadow of doubt in my mind that maybe they can't put him as captain because he's, you know, he's bumped the umpire and got rubbed out for the final series. But if it's only the three weeks and the AFL review doesn't take it further and he can play round one next year, and uh, if it's going to be the best thing for your footy club on the field, I can't see them not making that decision to put him as captain and just say to, to pull your head in. <laughs> Imagine if that happens, there's the uproar that will go across the AFL. Uh, and, and media media personnel alike. That, uh, but but I tend to agree, Pez. I think if he is able to be available for round one, and look, you know, if we're putting into context of three weeks, it's not three regular season games, Pez. It's three finals potentially. And, you know, if GWS go all the way, he's missing out on a grand final, which is worth seven or eight weeks in terms of, of you know, proper penalty. But if he's available week one, and that might be the way that, you know, Leon Cameron actually brings him in and says... Hey, enough is enough. We need you to lead by example. Stop being a dickhead, basically. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a, a rough talk there. And I don't know uh, Toby Green as a person or, you know, how he acts um, around the club and things like that. But I think he's, before last week, the perfect man for the job. And, and he still might be the best choice for a job in terms of on-field leadership and on-field captaincy and on-field results. So uh, we just have to wait and see what happens with that. If they've got someone else there that can do it. And he just becomes, he stays his vice captain or he gets out of the leadership group completely and just focuses on, you know, not doing anything stupid. But we'll, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, we will have to see. We have to see how it unfolds, Pez. Uh, see how this tribunal and the, the appeal process, very unusual to hear the AFL actually appeal a suspension. Um, I think that's unfamiliar territory. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. But um, what's uh, not pretty rough or was pretty rough to, to start it off was our uh, bets from last week's source. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting review here. Review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Here we go, source. Uh, on Twitter, at Behind the Bound. Uh, I'm sure you haven't looked at your emojis yet. and you, You're going to see them for the first time. Yeah, but uh, this, it wasn't just an up and down round. Uh, like usual, it was a down, down, down round. 
until the Sunday games because <laughs> here at Behind the Boundary, we could not uh, – uh, we put it on Twitter. I could not hit the side of a barn door, um, and it was a pretty big barn. So I, I don't know what's what's going on. But um, some some upsets, some, some upsets that we picked that didn't happen, uh, and it was just great week of finals footy as we, as we reviewed it. But in terms of our bets, uh, we had to wait till the Sunday to get some real success. Yeah, Pez, uh, you know, sometimes when you're looking at the form guide and you do all your, your study and you do all your, you know, talking throughout the week and your preview, sometimes you just miss the mark. Uh, the, if you look at the first game that we had, the Port Adelaide-Geelong game, Geelong just didn't show up, right? And, like, you know, I think that's I think that's still a, both of our bets are a decent sort of bets in terms of gauging towards Geelong actually winning. Geelong just didn't show up. Unlucky. The next one, Sydney, inaccurate. Unlucky. The Melbourne-Brisbane game, all right, we missed that one. Okay? You got it wrong. We got that one wrong. Okay, and then the, and then the Western we got them all Bull- wrong. Well, got the Western Bulldogs wrong. one we got right. We both said the Western Bulldogs we're gonna, we're going to get up in there. So there, there's two games that sort of could have gone either way. And then you know the Melbourne Brisbane one we we got wrong. We went out on a limb. Hey, but you know what, Pez? Unlike other podcasts and unlike other Twitter pages, we keep ourselves accountable. So let's uh, let's find out where we went wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, and the wrongness it, it doesn't seem to show on the on the weekly. Uh, percentage and ROI, which is uh, fantastic. So speak about that. Um, if you're following up behind the bound on, on the Sunday, you would have been uh, having a look and very interested with what transpired there. We've got Port Adelaide versus Geelong. I had the unders of 168.5. Uh, Geelong plus 10.5 and, and Cam Guthrie for 25. Um, no good there. Port Adelaide were just too good in their pressure. Absolutely amazing. Geelong didn't have an answer or a plan B. No, they didn't, Pez, and we spoke about this uh, on our last podcast. Make sure you go back and check that out because we did a great job of uh, detailing what went wrong, but they, they just didn't have a, a plan B, as you said. It seems to be the trend for Geelong. Um, yeah, and it definitely unfolded that way for our bets. Yep, so your bet no good as well. We go on to the next game, and this game was uh, my favourite game because it was the most suspenseful. Um, you had a one-point result, and you had the little brother... Uh, GWS Giants beating Sydney for the third time in a row in a final. So I had uh, the over 119.5 points, which it which it went. The under 189.5, which got up, and I had the Swans winning minus nine and a half because I was I was pretty confident, you know, Buddy and Heaney and Co would be able to get the job done against GWS down in Tasmania. Didn't didn't happen, uh, and and got a bonus bet back for that source. Yeah, I uh, well, I thought we were, I was still going to get a run home and, and get a victory here. I had uh, the Swans minus five and a half line with Ned's two dollars the max state, and I thought I was going to get there the way that they were coming in that fourth quarter. Uh, but kicking two seven in that last quarter definitely meant that uh, I fell short on that one. I didn't uh, multi it up, Pez, because I was pretty confident the Swans could do it, and a bit disappointing that uh, they could. They were extremely inaccurate, as we said. Franklin Bell. Heaney, you could name any of their forward line. They all missed opportunities to put that away, and that meant I was 0-2 going in there, Pez. Yeah, Bell being the easiest, but you, you chucked in a live bet source. I did, Pez. I did chuck in a live bet uh, when they were down. Uh, I think it was the third quarter, um, and I was sort of sitting on it for a little bit, sitting on it for a little bit, and I thought, you know what? No, I was actually uh, tweeting and messaging with uh, a, f- a fan of the show, Finster, and he actually jumped on at 25 and a half, and I was waiting, and then they kicked a goal, and I thought, you know what? I need to pull this. So I went 17 and a half, live bet, put on 50 pairs, and uh, yeah, definitely got that one. Well, at least you didn't have to sweat for that one at the end because no, you knew JWS were not scoring <laughs> uh, going down the other end. 
Uh, we moved to the Saturday night game and, uh, yeah, just got this one wrong. I've, I've underrated Melbourne, overrated Brisbane. I don't know what's happening there. We've got, we spoke about how Melbourne have all these, these players that are, you know, unknown household names and the way they play, they're just able to get the job done and really uh, tear Brisbane apart there. And Brisbane had some opportunities to, to keep with them, but no opportunities uh, to continue to go with Melbourne winning comfortably by 33 points. I had Joe Danaher, anytime goal kicker. Oh, that was you. You got Joe Danaher, anytime goal kicker. I was going to say, I didn't do that. Yeah, I had I uh, Lincoln McCarthy, anytime goal kicker, which he got. McCluggage for 20 plus, which he got. And Brisbane plus five and a half at that $2 line. But I did not hit the mark on that. So a bonus to use this week. Yeah, I definitely didn't hit the mark on my pairs. I was on the wrong Brisbane forward. Charlie Cameron obviously going nuts. I had uh, I had two bets in this one, one being my cheeky. Joe, Jan- Joe Danaher, the anytime goal scorer. Uh, him to score two or more and him to kick the most goals. If I was on the other forward pairs, if I was on Car- Charlie Cameron, that would have been a nice little collect. But back to the wrong horse in that one, like I did with Brisbane. Because in my other one, I had Joe Danaher to kick a goal, Joe Danaher to kick two goals, and Brisbane plus five and a half. I threw away $35 total there, Pez. Yeah, you backed him twice. You could have backed a different different goal kicker. Maybe it would have yeah. been different. Um, two different at the same time. Uh, I had the bonus as well of Brisbane head-to-head and just thought at $2.10, I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, Melbourne, you know, not playing, playing at the MCG and the neutral venue at Adelaide Oval, but as we know, Melbourne too good. And uh, we head to the Sunday game, the Bulldogs versus Essendon. Essendon fans super excited and super confident, which was really strange throughout the week for a team that had so many more wins and, and was so much better throughout the season. I know they struggled in the in the last uh, month before that, but um, the Doggies here saved, saved my round from uh, being an absolute basket case and a, and a disaster. Yeah, definitely saved mine as well, Pez. Um, you know, Essendon came out firing a little bit. They blamed the umpires. They blamed the rain. They blamed the weather. They only have themselves to blame, but Pez, we picked this. We said it was going to be a thumping. The weather made it a little bit harder to get to that thumping. I had a, a minus uh, 16 and a half. Pick your own line with 25 bucks. Thank you very much for that one, Pez. Thank you, your mother, for the rabbits. And that meant I had uh, two wins for the, for the round, which I was pretty stoked with. Yeah, you've got that. I had my one as well. McCray, 25 plus. Libba, 20 plus, And the Bulldogs, minus nine and a half. So a nice uh, $2.54 get there. So a, a nice return. And um, I then had one that I put out before the game, about 22 minutes. You can see on the little screenshot there on our bet slip, um, which was the Western Bulldogs, minus 10 and a half. It went to at that stage, three-quarter time leader and head-to-head with that same game multi-special. And uh, max 50 on it was very confident at $2 and, and returned the 100 to uh, make my round not look as bad. Yeah, speaking of uh, not looking too bad, Pez, I uh, threw a little bit of a Hail Mary there too. And uh, boy, did it pay off, Pez. So uh, just talking through this one, Pez, I I'm, I'm, was looking at the game and it was about 15 minutes to go. The Bulldogs were up by 25 points and I thought, you know what, Pez? They're going to do this by, uh, by a decent sort of margin. So I jumped on Sportsbet to see what was happening. Boom, 40-plus line was paying 10 buckaroos with 15 minutes to go. The old double cheeky $10. And I thought, you know what? How can I resist that one? I put 25 on it, and then as soon as I put it on pairs, I quickly get it up on there. Boom, 
Norton kicks back-to-back goals, and I'm looking in real steer. That brings it up to like 34 points. Then Essendon sort of uh, tightened it up a little bit, Pez. And to take you through the experience I was having, just constantly hitting the refresh button with cash out. And I had $16.25 I started off with, then $43.5. Then I had $118.85, $127, went down to $122, went up to uh, sorry, went back down to $119, and then it was uh, no cash out available. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to get this 40 points. I'm going to fall just short. I should have cashed out. And then thank you very much, Pez. Two brilliant goals come in that fourth quarter when Essendon laid down and I collected a giant $250 from that bet, Pez. Oh, wow, wow, wow. If you look at it before that bet source, <laughs> you were, you know, a little bit a little bit down there, but that uh, that'd bump your ROI up a bit, I'd imagine. So um, we'll get to our ROI just in a second because we've got a few to go with. I've got my multi there, my my cheeky multi, which was no good because we we just said I, I missed the first three games, so there was no way that was getting up. My actual multi for the round, which was the same as yours, source, uh, no one out of four, so that was uh, that was very good. But I've got a future bet that's still alive, which is Melbourne to to lose the prelim final, so to to go out in the preliminary final. So. Uh, uh, I've still got hope in that one because they're in the prelim final, but I thought they'd lose the first week, win the second week, lose the third week. So we'll, we'll see how, how they go depending on who they get uh, next week. Yeah, Pez, as you said, I had the exact same multi as you, so that's no good. Uh, but my future one is still alive too, and looking in pretty good stead. I had Clayton Oliver to get the most disposals during the uh, the final series, and he has 33, and that was at $7 I got him. He's come into 5 bucks and sitting at uh, equal second, and he's sitting probably equal third, I think it is, in terms of where he's sitting in terms of disposal. Lockie Neal's got 46, Ollie Wines has 33, Clayton Oliver has 33, McRae has 36, and Duncan has 33, Top Libertoria has 35. So he's definitely in that top five there. Hopefully they can get a... Well, actually, actually no, I don't hope they can get a win because now they fall on the same side as Geelong. So I hope that bet loses, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got Lockie Neal with 46. So if Brisbane win on the weekend, you'd imagine he'd get at least 20. So he'd be in pretty good stead with three games in the final series there um, if Lockie Neal gets... If the Bulldogs get up, though, um, that bet would still be alive depending what happens uh, with that prelim final. So they're, they're where we sit after finals week one. And this is what the ROI looked like. I staked $185. I returned $163.50. An ROI of minus 11.62%, which I thought was going to be a lot, lot worse uh, in, when I missed those first three games. It was not looking good. Total stake for the year, 4700 returned $5,043.67 for an ROI of 7.31%. So down a little bit in the, in the season ROI from last week. Uh, but we're still around the mark. Yeah, that's not bad, Pez. That's not bad for you. That's a you know nice little, nice little, uh, nice little save. Seven point three percent. We get on to my finals week one, and I was feeling exactly the same, Pez. Uh, I staked originally under two sixty, but then I had seventy five in live bets, so that went me up to two sixty. Returned four hundred and one dollars and twenty five cents, all basically because of that forty plus bet. But that gave me an ROI of fifty four point three percent, which means for the season, Pez. Get those, get those uh, emojis out, Pez. Get the buildings up and about because I am building an empire. I've staked for the season $4,170 and returned $4,856.04, an ROI of 16.45%, Pez. Oh, you're going to name the whole island. I'm going to take over your, your stock as well, and then I'm just going to own this island. 
Mate, you might with, uh, what was it, $345 returned due to live bets. <laughs> so get on the live bets. Let's have a look at the emojis. It looks like, uh, let's see if you know what mine mean. Uh, yeah, you were cold. You were shit ass. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> ice cold. I've still got my house though at 7.31%. Uh, and, and your one's there? Well, Pez, I love I love what you've done here. You've finally recognised how much of a of a great better I am and an expert because you put a ninja there, Pez. And let's 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 review what a ninja is, Pez. You don't have any sort of Joe Blow as a ninja. They are the top of their field. They are dangerous. What? They are calm. They are experts. They are experts, and they're ready to strike at any moment. So I love that one, Pez. That just definitely uh, you know sums up my uh, my bets. So I love that. Yeah, you've got the little uh, arm there with the, holding the phone, and that was uh, you on the weekend with the, <laughs> with the live bets out. So you were stealthy throughout throughout the round. You were lo- not liking the way your round was going, and you thought, I'll just uh, try and hold my phone up, get some service, and uh, we'll see if I can put some live bets down and, and get it up. Pez, this is what you don't understand, Pez. When, you, when you're so far behind in, in the ROI, I understand. But calm, cool, collective. Everything was a collective and calculated move and just trying to set up a good good finish for the viewers. That's all I'm trying to do, Pez. <laughs> well, there's your hotel there at um, 16%. Let's see if you can uh, get get up to 20 in the next few weeks. So we've got three weeks of footy, only five matches to go. So we've also got the Brownlow in there as well. So we'll see how we go um, in terms of that. But we, we reviewed it. We're sitting there, source. We're ready to climb in semi-final week, and uh, we need to get into our bets. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate, and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave, and he, he said, um, "I think I'm going to whack 10 on on Maxie. Do you want do you want some as well?" And I, I said. You're not going to welcome me? You're not going to press the specials button? What are you doing? Well, normally you say, well, blah, 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 something specials, blah, 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 but you're just sitting there, Pez, doing nothing. I mean, I know, uh, that, I know that you're you. frozen over. I know that you're frozen over, Pez, but just turn the aircon off in your little house there and uh, we can get to the specials. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, um, unbelievable. And uh, here we go with the specials. We've got... Sports bet, the same as last week, the same game multi-saver, three to four legs if one leg fails, five to six legs if two legs fail, or seven plus legs up to three legs can fail, and you'll get a bonus back, and you can do three refunds per match. We know there's only two matches here. Same game multi-specials also over at Tab, up to $50 as well. And Tab, you'll like this one, uh, Source. They've got the lead at half time but lose. Uh, you get a bonus back up to 50, a venue exclusive oh, oh, oh. Do you know where I'm going this weekend, Pez? I'm going straight down to the TAB, and I'm going to sit out the front and not be able to get that because we're in Victoria. I'm a swore then, and we're in lockdown. So <laughs> not able to do that at all, Pez. Love it. you got a, you got a tab 5Ks from your, from your house? I do, actually. Yeah, there's one on the corner. Uh, actually, we actually, when we were doing – we actually talked about it, Pez. It's uh, very close to the Lincolnshire. But uh, I will not be going to there. They're, they're, so it's very, um, it's closed, isn't it? I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I might go for a oh, ride. I might go for a ride there tomorrow and see if it's, uh, see if I can walk in. I mean, that is essential. It is essential because it is, you know, this is a full-time gig, Pez. You know, <laughs> carrying <laughs> you through the, through the season is a full-time job. We've got to work. We've got to feed the family. So we've got to try <laughs> and do this. Uh, we move over to Ladbrokes. They've got the $2 lines for AFL. 
And they've also got the three-plus league same-game multi um, for both games there. You go to Ned's, they've got the same-game multi, but you can also price boost. So if you're going to do a same-game multi and you've got a price boost there sitting in your account, maybe head over to Ned's to get the best value. They've got the $2 lines as well, which you can include in the same-game multi, by the way. So uh, that's that's what we've got for the specials this week. That is the specials, Pez, which brings us into the two-game final series. Week two of the finals, some massive games, as we've sort of alluded to. The way this is going to work, Pez, I'll go through the odds. Then we're going to talk about the actual game and how to both teams can win, the big inclusions, the game styles that we're expecting to see, make a tip, and then we'll get into our bets. So on the Friday night, we head to an absolute cracker. Geelong, take, Geelong taking on the GWS Giants. 137 Geelong are the favourites. $3.14 of the outsiders. The line, I think, is crazy Lopez. 16.5 for the catch you can get. Over under total points, 154.5 pairs. How does this game unfold? Oh, well, we don't know, do we? We think uh, that Geelong will come out, especially without Toby Green, but um, GWS have, have beaten them before on their home deck. Uh, when no one was with them. So we'll go through the ins and outs because it is, you know, after 6.25 on the Thursday. So we've got them here. Dalhouse has been omitted along with Sam Simpson. Mark O'Connor with his injury last week and Sean Higgins um, managed. Uh, in comes Max Holmes, Radagalia, Zach Tui. I would imagine Higgins would come back in as the medical sub as well, barring any other changes. So Holmes, Radagalia, Tui. Tui's a big in. Uh, GWS, you've got both Greens. So we know Toby Green's been suspended for the rest of the final series. And you've got Tom Green, who also had an injury last week, who was a very important player against the Sydney Swans last week, the, that inside-type midfielder. And then we've got Sam Reid, injured income, Bobby Hill, and Connor Stone. So the GWS Giants team get a lot weaker. Um, and Geelong, I don't know about weaker or stronger, but Zach Tui is a big in. Zach Tui definitely um, adds some consistency to that back line and allows them to... I mean, when Stewart went down, I think a lot of people thought that Tui would be that natural replacement for him. He's got that long boot. He sort of plays up the field as it is. So it'll be good to see him in there as well, Pez. Radagalia is a great inclusion. That gives him other forward presence. And I think the omission of, um, of Dalhouse is important too because the last month he really hasn't been um, performing to the reason that we brought him in the team. To, you know, that little goal sneak and apply that forward pressure. He just had a, a rough couple of months, I'm sure that he'll get back in that side, you know, eventually. But it's just a little bit of a uh, bit of a, of a wake up call for him. But we can't... I thought he was going to get admitted last season. He should have. He should have last season. And he'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that I think the Toby Green week has really overshadowed how big some of these outs are. Pez. You know, there's three key players. Toby Green, Tom Green has been fantastic this year and a real cog in that uh, GWS midfield. And Reed going out as well with that hamstring, it, it's 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 not good for them and they are injury depleted. They did do this uh, almost a month ago to Geelong. They went down to Continuum Park and they uh, did beat Geelong. Um, so you would hope that uh, Chris Scott has planned to overcome that game plan. That was sort of that first week of Tom Stewart not being there. They've sort of definitely made Geelong um, force those those uh, those long kicks in there so they can get intercepted. It'll be interesting to see how Scott responds to this. Yeah, well, you, you, you've got to look at the GWS side and, and who's actually playing. So we've said all the players that are out, but who have they actually got on the field and what do they need to do in order to win? Sam Taylor has taken that full-back spot and been really impressive with his intercept work against Sydney last week. Uh, Sydney didn't have an answer for him pretty much in that first half, and, and he was just mopping up everything. So if he can 
you know, contain Hawkins or get in front of him or, or do anything like that and start getting those intercept marks and, and really try and run the other way. Uh, with Haynes there, Whitfield, Kelly, so they can run the other way. Canelio, he needs to perform. He needs to have one of his biggest games ever here in order to, to be doing that. The thing that GWS has been doing really well over the past uh, month and a half of footy is their forward line. So you've got Jesse Hogan. He was a contested mark beast in the first final against Sydney. You've got Himmelberg as well, who's a, who's a good second second runner there. And Taranto, who's popping up up forward as well and, and kicking goals. So that's what they need to do. Mumford needs to be really aggressive in the middle. Hopper and Ward really need to get up and improve because uh, no Tom Green there as well makes that midfield uh, a lot, lot weaker. So uh, they're going to need a lot of different things. Matty DeBoer is going to have to take... I don't know if he goes, who's he usually go to? Does he go to Guthrie? Does he go to Duncan? He normally what goes to there? Duncan. Um, but then again, Duncan, uh, he's only been back one week. He was still very damaging last week. He got a lot of the pill, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I would assume that he probably goes to Duncan and probably does a little bit of work through on Dangerfield if he goes through the midfield as well as Guthrie as well, depending on who the impact is. One thing that GWS do well is they seem to react quite quickly when the, when players aren't making um, that impact, you know, when they, they shift off those players. But you talked about that midfield and that backline pairs, what they're doing really well. And, and that's the thing that we saw last week really unstuck uh, Geelong is those intercept marks. And they basically look like they were kicking it to Aaliyah Aaliyah. If they go in with that same game plan against this GWS side pairs, they're going, to have, they're going to find them in the same sort of problem that they had last week. Kicking it straight to defenders and then finding themselves behind the ball and GWS getting out in the front like they did last time. Kicking into a forward line that, as you said, is functioning really well. They're getting some great contestant marks. They're getting a couple of goals out the back. You know, the inclusion of Hill in there means that, you know, he's a great little goal sneak out the back. It puts him in a good spot. So it's all about Geelong executing from last week's failure. And it's dangerous for Geelong because we know... They don't love to smash sides. So if they're going to keep the game close and they're going to control the footy, GWS can come at any moment. We saw them give up a massive lead against Melbourne. Uh, GWS would have been studying what Melbourne did. And what they did is they moved fast. They moved fast through Geelong's little zone that they've got going. So if they do get that intercept mark, they've just got to take off. They've got to go. They've got to have the runners. They've got to handball. They are going to have their fitness really tested. We saw last week in that fourth quarter, they nearly had nothing left in the tank and were able to hold on against Sydney. So they've got to give everything across those first three quarters and be in a position to, to be able to either hold or to be able to push it out for one more quarter to get a prelim finals berth. Um, yeah, you look on the other hand, you've got Geelong, you need to execute. Zach Tui is going to shore it up down back there with the, with the nice uh, kick that he's got, the Irishman there. Um, and you need to contain Jesse Hogan when GWS go forward. Yeah, and I think that you know if we, we we're swinging around to talk about Geelong pairs before we get to that, that's just, that's what we've been saying all year about GWS. When they're playing their best footy is when they're running and they're attacking, and Melbourne definitely exposed that uh, against Geelong. When when you do move the ball quickly and you go through that defence and straight up the guts, you create opportunities. So I think GWS will go in that way, and it'll be really interesting to see how Geelong respond. We look at last week against um, Port Adelaide, Geelong. There were four or five of their senior players that probably had their worst game of their career. Dangerfield made no impact. Joel um, Selwood made no impact. Tom Hawkins made no impact. You look at you know, some of their defence players. Henderson easily, I don't think he'd had that many turnovers of his whole career. He had so many drop marks. He was very sloppy. They had a really disgusting game, Pez. And watching that, you still felt like that Geelong could make a, some sort of comeback. And that's the thing with Geelong. They've got the cattle to be able to do this. They just need to go back to a month ago, stick to their structure, 
right? So stick to the structure from the start. And if it's not working, adjust. Very simple. They execute their structure perfectly, they win the game. They, they set up those opportunities to score. We know that they can score at a ferocious sort of weight. We know they love to control the possession. And if they get into a keeping, keepings off games that they execute properly, they'll beat the GWS Giants pretty easy. Yeah, well, GWS, they, they gave up uh, a lot of opportunities to Heaney in that third quarter last week um, against Sydney there. So you'd think a player like that, uh, probably a, a Gary Rowan, who can take that overhead mark on the lead, can go back and have a nice set shot he, he's, he was all out last week. He, he had no impact at all. He got moved into the back line, which I don't think is, is a great fit for the type of player that he is. Um, but he needs to, you know, get up and, and fire up. If he kicks a couple of goals, Geelong uh, will usually get the chocolates. Yeah, you'd think so, Pez. Uh, so with that, before we get into our bets, um, who are you tipping? I'll have to tip uh, Geelong here after going... Uh, one out of four last week. Uh, I'll, I will take the Cats here. I know they're a bit shorter uh, in their price, but without Toby Green, uh, it's in Western Australia over there. I think that uh, Geelong with Henry down back, uh, Tui added in there, and they've got enough talent in that midfield to, to get down the wings and, and get good shots uh, inside that forward 50 and, and win pretty comfortably by about four or five goals. Yeah, I'm tipping the Cats too, Pez. Typically what you see in these sort of finals generally is you generally see some blowouts, Pez, because you're getting a top four team and everyone jumps off the, the team that play, plays poorly the first week because they've just been they've been beaten and they look exposed. But there's a reason that these teams finish top four. And Geelong, when they're up and firing, they, they look really good. And I think, they'll, uh, I think they'll do the Giants pretty easy. I'll probably think, uh, I probably think probably around that same sort of margin, Pez, about that 24 points, four or five goals. Yeah, oh, there we go. Uh, now, in terms of the, the bet slip source, this is where it gets interesting. So the structure that we're going to run with is you have the option. We've only got two games, so there's not a lot to, to go with. You have the option to bet uh, twice. So you can bet um, two bets in, in the same game there. Uh, and then you can also put together a multi across both games. And if you want, you can also add a cheeky in there. Um, across one or two games as well. So you've got lots of different options in terms of these two games. Uh, I've got a couple of bets uh, on the on the Cats-Giants game. Uh, what about you? I don't even know why you bothered going through the rules, Pez. Neither of ever stick to the rules. <laughs> um, but I like how you've explained it to the the, um, the new viewers there, thinking that we stick to the rules. I've got a couple of, of bets in the Geelong GWS game, Pez. I'm a little bit more um, confident in the result of that game than I am the Brisbane Western Bulldogs one. We'll get do you want to just moment. not? Do you want to just not say them and just wait uh, until tomorrow night and do the live bets and just maybe do that? <laughs> <laughs> Told you, Pez. Calm, calculated, and collective. I'm going to make a big collection, Pez, and I'm happy to put a couple of VBs on the, some of these bets. Well, there you go. You've got the money for VBs. You've, the, the listeners don't want to listen to your bets. They already know your bet. You've, you've posted it out on Twitter two days ago. You, you're all up and about excited for it. That's the, uh, Dil's finally that's the happy that bet, you've Pez. got the money for VBs back. So uh, that's awesome there. My first bet here, I've gone with Neds, and uh, this is a trend across across the round because I've got two bonuses from Neds and I've also used my two power plays uh, in the three-leg same-game multi. So Geelong, I've gone the $2 line. Because it's a $2 line, I couldn't resist. Minus 16.5, I think they can get the job done. Mitch Duncan to get 20 disposals and Jeremy Cameron to kick two or more goals. So that gives me $2.84. I put $25 on that with the price boost and the special bonus back. 
Like that, Pez. As you said and as you alluded to, I have already put my bet out on Twitter. Um, uh, so make sure you go over there and check that out. You can check all our bet slips out from there. I will go through it just for those people who don't access Twitter. What are you doing? Get on the Twitter and uh, you can get some, yourself some nice little tips there. I've gone with Geelong minus 16.5, Cameron Guthrie to get 20, and Mitch Duncan to get 20 disposals. I put the max 50 on that, Pez. I think that line should be out to about 20. It still hasn't moved yet, which I'm really surprised with, especially with the teams announced. That gives me odds of $2. 32. I didn't do the price boost because it wasn't there. I wasn't risking taking away that insurance. And I've put the max 50 on that one, Pez. But my bets don't stop there. My bets don't stop there, Pez. I've got another bet in that game. And uh, that one is a great bet as well, Pez. As I said, I think Geelong do this pretty easy. I've got a three-leg same-game multi with sports bet. And I went through the wire-to-wire market, Pez. You can give you odds of $2.20 for wire-to-wire. I've gone with Geelong quarter-time line, minus three and a half. Geelong half-time leader, and Geelong three-quarter time leader. And I put 25 on that one, Pez, at odds of 225. Get myself a little bit of insurance. And as I said, I think that they get the job done wire to wire. But I do like that little bit of insurance. All right. Then going with the insurance. Now, my bet's very similar to that source. Of, but I've got a bonus on it. So I couldn't um, do the loophole and put some insurance there. So I've just gone, Pat's deleted every quarter, wire to wire, $2.30. Oh, you must have done that. Uh, $2.30? When did you do that bet? Um, before we started recording our show. Oh, that's crap. In, be- in between <laughs> 6.25 and, and now, but oh, mine's a bonus, so I, I don't have the insurance, obviously. Yeah, mine sounds shit then because uh, I've lost five <laughs> cents on it <laughs> and I need them not only to, and I need them to uh, also be winning by four points, Pez. But uh, like we said, we, we don't stick to the rules because uh, my bets don't stop there, Pez. Cheeky. Oh, one, here we go. I've got one more bet for this one, Pez, and this one is extremely cheeky. Um what I think is, as I said, I think that the game opens up and I think that Geelong end up winning um, winning the game pretty convincingly. I think they they will be worried about that intercept mark, Pez. So I think they're going to get a couple of goals out the back. So my cheeky for this week is a three-leg same-game multi. I've gone a couple of our little crummers to get some goals. Parfit, he had two behinds last week coming off the pack. I reckon he gets a snag. Uh, Brad Close. He's a nice little crummer. He seems to be getting a goal every couple of every couple of weeks. I reckon he gets one. And then uh, the one where I really boasted up some uh, some uh, little cash there, pairs. Sam Menegola to get a goal as well. So I've got three goal scorers yeah. for there. Sam Menegola loves to have a ping from anywhere. He's about seventy out. He just always seems to have a shot. That gives me odds of ten bucks, and I've whacked twenty five on that one there, pairs. Well, there you go. All players that you know are, are goal kickers in the past and and have kicked goals, so they've just all got to do it in the same game and. Uh, you're good to go from there. $10 odds. You, you did well with the $10 odd bet last week. So uh, see how you go with that one. Uh, the next game, uh, is that all your bets for that game? That is all the bets for that, Pez. I'll start to the rules from now on. <laughs> that's all your bets. I've got um, another one which will include that game, but that's for later on in the multi-source. So uh, let's introduce the next game. We've got the Brisbane Lions taking on the Western Bulldogs. We do, Pez. We have uh, this, you know, and it's sort of a mini, mini rivalry, this one, because they both were fighting for that fourth spot. Western Bulldogs obviously falling short and the Brisbane Lions falling short last week. We have Brisbane taking on the Doggies at the Gabba. Brisbane's home ground, $1.60 favourites for the Brisbane Lions, Western Bulldogs, $2.34, which pairs is is quite good, I think, for a team that spent most of the year in the top four. Minus 8.5 is the line at $1.90, and the over-under for this game, total game points, one sixty-four and a half. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and you, you look at these two teams, uh, you've got you've got a couple of big ins, ins and outs here. You've got uh, Daniel McStay, who's injured, got injured in the, in the first quarter, uh, last week, and he, he can't play this week. Jackson Pryor has been omitted. So Jack Payne and Devin Robertson come in. Reese Matheson 
possibly might be the Medi sub again. Uh, we're not sure. And then uh, Jason Johannesson, the Medi sub from last week. No other changes to the Bulldog side. So you'd imagine he'd be the Medi sub again for the dogs there. Um, Brisbane going favourites. It's good for them. They get to play at their home deck uh, at the Gabba. So that's a real positive. Uh, they did play some good footy uh, against Melbourne. So uh, people like to like to think Brisbane are coming off a loss and the Bulldogs are coming off a really big win. So maybe the Bulldogs have the momentum. But, but Brisbane can shut that down pretty quickly. They've got a really dangerous forward line still, even without McStay and Hipwood and Rayner and, and those type of people. So they've got a few injuries there, but they can still do it, I think. Um, Liberatore is going to have to play another huge one in the middle of that ground. The, this midfield battle is going to be absolutely awesome. You've got Zorko, McCluggage, Robinson, who will go through there, Lyons, Neil, taking on McRae, Bontempelli, Dunkley, Trelaw, Hunter, Bailey Smith. Uh, it, it is a really star-studded type midfield lineup here. I think both forward lines are a, a little bit weaker than they have been with injuries because Josh Bruce is obviously out as well uh, doing his ACL. So it'll be a battle of the defence and who can keep on top of them. You've got Har- Har- uh, Harris Andrews on Norton. So Norton's a known goal kicker. Um, he, he usually pops up every single week. And then you've got Birchall and Rich to, to run off that back line. Uh, Marcus Adams also to intercept there. You look down the other end, Alex Keith has played uh, a fantastic season. He's come he come back in last week and he'll he'll take the job possibly on Joe Danaher, depending where he goes. But they're so dangerous up forward, Brisbane, with Charlie Cameron there. You've also got Lincoln McCarthy who can take a big grab and, and kick goals. And then you've got Zach Bailey coming from the midfield as well. And he's, he's a really opportunist uh, and, and can get some goals there. So Gardner, who came in last week, has a, has a really big job uh, down there in the Brisbane defence. So I think whoever can get on top in that situation will go a long way to winning this game. Yeah, I love what you said at the start there, Pez, uh, about Brisbane. Whilst they did sort of get dismantled by Clayton Oliver in that second half, they had a really, really competitive start to the game. And they did fade when, when Clayton Oliver took over. And, you know, when, when a player's playing like that, you can't sort of... There's nothing that they could do. They just controlled the game. And, and as you said, they were really competitive and they did a lot of things right. You look at their last month, Pez, and Brisbane Lions have been coming, and they've been coming in a furious fashion, unlike the Doggies. And I think that whilst they did bounce back last week and with a 49-point win... They did what they were meant to do. Like they realistically, they sh- you've got a fourth team playing a bottom eight side, you know, a team that sort of scraped through there. They did exactly what they were meant to do, Pez, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. Brisbane have been here before, Pez, and Chris Fagan knows exactly what to do. He gets in there, he gets the midfield going, and I agree what you're saying. It is a star-studded midfield battle, and where the game is going to be won is not through the goal kickers because, as you said. You've got so many different things that can happen. Last week, Charlie Cameron went absolutely nuts for, for Brisbane. Last week, um, you know, Cody Waitman went absolutely nuts. He had two small forwards standing up. I can't see that both that both happening again for both those forward lines. The game is going to be won in that midfield battle as well as how they stop the other team. I think that Daniel McStay's, that, that injury last week, is a huge out. Really, really huge out. Not for the fact of he's just his impact of kicking goals, but the structure for Brisbane. Okay, so we, we've seen that sort of the last couple of the last month that really deplete. And it means Joe Danaher really needs to play a more structured role in order to get that midfield going and allow those goals to be created for Lincoln McCarthy, Bailey, Cameron, you know, those other players, Zorko. Um, you're looking even to last week, who else was it? Uh, Daniel Rich had a couple of pings. Like, that is what they need to do is work that structure out. I have faith in, in the Lions, Pez. I think they can get it done. Um, you know, the, I think the last month has really sort of said where the doggies are. And I just think that they're just behind the mark 
Brisbane are building. Brisbane want this. Brisbane need this. They really need this. Well, 100% they need this. And it'll be it'll be a big loss either way, whoever loses this, yes. because the Bulldogs cost themselves a top four spot. And, and Brisbane do not want to go out in straight sets. And they want to, you know, go into the next week's game where uh, they'll take on Port Adelaide uh, over there. So they'll, they'll give themselves a shot. Uh, in a prelim if they can get there as well. So massive stakes on the line. And it's from now on, it's win or go home. Yeah, and I think another big factor that we haven't really spoken about, Pez, is the impact that the crowd is going to have. We saw two weeks ago when they were playing West Coast how how much the crowd made an impact on that game. And... I think it's. I think it's. You know, probably it's. You know, we saw against Port Ad- with Port Adelaide Geelong how much the crowd impacted Port Adelaide playing and getting that momentum going. Brisbane is a hard place to play on. It's dewy. It's you know. It's it's normally a hot conditions. You got a crowd there, and you got the doggies who have come from a cold, wet Tasmanian game where there would have been a lot of hard fatigue players coming out of that uh, coming onto the airport into the Gabba. So I think that's going to play a big factor as well. Yeah, quite possibly when that. Not a home ground advantage for the Bulldogs last week by any stretch either with so many Essendon fans down there in Tasmania <laughs> as well. They seem to be everywhere and seem to think they're going to win the premiership every single year. Um, so we, we both obviously think the Lions are from that. So our bet slip is possibly going to reflect that source. My first one is I've gone a three-leg same-game multi. I've left a result out of this one. I've put Jared Lyons to get 20-plus. I've put Charlie Cameron. To, to stand up again and kick two-plus goals. He, he just needs two opportunities, and that can happen. <laughs> bang, bang. And then Zach Bailey uh, to get his opportunity running forward here. He seems to be doing that every single week, and he's getting becoming one of my favourite players to watch. So I've got him, anytime goal scorer. Uh, price boost, power boost, $2.12, $25 on it. Yeah, Bailey is so underrated, Piers. He's one of those players that a lot of people, as you said, the general football player, uh, football lover, probably doesn't know. But he's so good to watch. He's so quick. He, he's, his skills are really good around the ground. And now you're right, he's popping up for a goal every now and then. So love that. You know, you know what the biggest the biggest attribute for him is the footy IQ. Knowing where to be in the stoppage and how to get that little bit of space yeah. just to go. And then he, the way he kicks it inside forward 50 as well, even if he's not kicking goals, uh, it, it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it is beautiful to watch, Pez. Love that bet. Uh, I think that one's going to get up there. Charlie Cameron to kick two snags. He'll get that done in the first quarter, mate. He's, a, he's an absolute genius. And when he's up in full flight, geez, he's good to watch. He's, he's one of the best of small forwards to watch in the game. I think Brisbane can get it done. I think it will be a little bit closer than um, you know than people expect. I think there are a lot of people think that the doggies are just going to lay down. They they really really want to to get this, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough. I think the home crowd plays an advantage. I think they're better coached as well. I think Chris Fagan, you know, they've been building towards this. Pez the last couple of years, they were disappointing in their first finals. They made it one step f- uh, further last year. They were very disappointing in that loss to uh, Rich, uh, sorry Geelong last year. So. They can get this job done. I've gone my bonus bet from the Geelong game, one to thirty-nine with Brisbane, and uh, that gives me odds of two dollars fifteen pairs. Is that just the notification coming through? Of uh, is it already? You already cashed out, pairs. You already cashed out your. No, uh, it's just saying um, be be wary. Uh, Source is is using his phone for live bets this weekend. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm on the prowl pairs because it's only that's my <laughs> only bet this weekend in that game. There's only one for there. I really want to look at the disposal markets for that one because last week there was some absolute value just before the game. And I'll be looking at the live bet. The live bet, the the, the footy changes during finals, Pez, and uh, the bookies don't seem to be onto it. All right, I'll keep your eye on there, at Behind the Bound on Twitter to, to get that notification first and you might be able to jump on with Source. 
Uh, I've gone at my bonus bet in this game as well, so I've, I've gone Brisbane 1-39, to 39, so just exactly what you've got. I don't think they're going to blow them out by 40 points because the Western Bulldogs, they've just got too many stars in that midfield, so I think they're going to be competitive for a long period of time. I've put Tom Libertore to get 20-plus disposals there. I liked his value, and Hugh McCluggage to get 20-plus disposals. His value was very decent as well, and I think he can get 25-plus even. So those three together gets me $3.07, and I'll put my $25 bonus on it. Oh, with- did I send some money for BBs there, Pez? Oh, you, you didn't sense, uh, <laughs> sense much. But um, speaking about money for VBs, I made an error during the week, Sauce. Uh, went, went to the bottle and I want to get in and out really quick because, you know, this COVID thing and the pandemic, I go into the cool room. I look, I see, first thing I see is the, the, just the glowing green, the, the box of VB cans. And I was like, I don't want cans. I want, a, want stubbies. So I went next to it. Box of stubbies, grabbed it, great, took it to the counter. Didn't even look at the price because I'm only going to get the very best. Uh, the, the bloke uh, scans it. That'll be $46. Oh, you little ripper, 46 bucks for a slab. Bring it home, uh, put it on the table, open it up, go to put them out into the fridge, and they're the little grenades. The little hand grenades. You didn't, you didn't, grenades. You didn't notice when you picked it up, Pez? Or have you been hitting the gym a little bit, have you? You didn't notice the, the, the change in the, the weight? No, I picked it up and uh, it's actually, they're not in six packs either. So it was like a little bit. Um, what do you mean they're not in six packs? And what are they loose? They're not in six packs. They're just loose. They're sitting there all together in, the, oh. in their small box and uh, it, the glass was going on glass. And I was like, that's a bit weird, but didn't think anything of it. I've got to get straight out of there. And uh, that's what ended up happening. So uh, 250 mil, little little hand grenade. All right, two questions here, Pez. One, why, why didn't you just dig into the, the sponsored um, beers that we have in, in the studio? Why didn't you just jump into the sponsors? Well, during, <laughs> during uh, lockdown, I'm not able to, to go in there with uh, other people coming in for their essential work. So if I'm not doing that during the week, I can't go in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely the sponsor of the show. The, uh, the VBs, the very best. The second question, Bez, the question on everyone's mind, did you do the hand grenade challenge? Did you get through, uh, did you get through them all? Uh, not, not in the, not in the one day. Didn't attempt that. Uh, just uh, sitting there by yourself watching, watching the footy. No, I didn't end up doing that. But I've been having a nice couple. It's actually a good size for a beer. If you just feel like a, you know, a beer after dinner or something, nice, uh, nice little size. But uh, you can't just have one. You've got to have, got to have a couple. Well, that's just, that's any time with the very best pairs of cans, beers, stubbies, off tap. Out of a shoe, it don't matter. They're very best. You know, one, have, one standard drink, not not the 1.4 like the usual stuffies. So, nah, there you go. Doesn't sound that good at all. All right, let's get on to something really good, Pez, our multis for the round. As you said, there are only two games, Pez. I've kept mine extremely simple. I've gone the two winners, Brisbane and Geelong, both to win. That gives me odds of $2.19, and I've just whacked 25 on that one, Pez. Nice and simple. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone really, really simple here as well. So, my first leg... <laughs> Uh, is, is Mitch Duncan to have 20-plus disposals. My second leg is uh, Geelong Cats, the half-time, full-time leader. My third leg is Cameron Guthrie uh, to get the most disposals in Group A. So uh, he needs to get the most disposals on the ground there. Of My my next leg is Geelong minus 16.5. So you can see I've kept it really simple. Um, <laughs> my leg after that is uh, Lockie Whitfield as well, also to have 20-plus disposals. Uh, and then I'm, I'm all done for that game, but I'm not done for my multi yet because I've got a few more legs in the next game. Of course you do. I'll put Joe Danaher to kick two-plus goals All right, in, in this one. And then Adam Trelaw to have 20-plus disposals as well. I've uh, put the cheeky 10 on at source, so you might want to hit that cheeky button. Cheeky! 
And uh, the price is twenty five dollars and thirty seven cents. Pez, it does not get any simpler than that. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm very good luck to fitting that on the bet slip, Pez. It's lucky we haven't got as many bets, but uh, it doesn't get any I, simpler than that. Look, I, I do not know how um, you thought yours bet was simple when when I've got my multi there, um, which is really really simple. Only a seven leg same game multi across two games can't can't get any better. It can't get any simpler. Can't get any better, Pez. Uh, you know, you, you've definitely uh, hit the mark there. And some, some very, very nice odds too. $24.10, did you say? That's beautiful. Love that. Uh, $25, yep. Ooh, ooh, love that, Pez. All right, we Pez. We like it. Have, uh, have you got any more simple bets for us? Any more simple advice? Or are we ready to get on to coin toss? No, we, we're getting into the coin toss. This bet slip will be up on Twitter at Behind the Bounce. So make sure you, you jump on board and have a look at them all. It was a toss of the coin. All right, Pez, uh, last week we were the exact same for all four games and uh, we uh, weren't very successful <laughs> at all, Pez. Yeah, how many lines would have we got there? We um, one. Yeah, got one. <laughs> one. One, right. And Pez, since uh, I think I was two up on you for the season, so that means that I still remain two up. Yep, two up, only five games to go, so it's getting into it. It is getting into it, Pez. Do you want me to go first, or uh, I feel like we're going to be very similar in these sort of lines, Pez? Yeah, well, you can go first. There's only if there's five games left, I can still be the same as you in a couple, but there'll be soon where I'll just have to go the opposite way. So, uh, first game? First game is got? Geelong versus GWS. The line favours the Cats, minus 16.5. I'm going the Cats. Yeah, and I, I would challenge you on that and go the other but I've also got DeLong minus 16 and a half, so I can't be uh, going against that, so I'm going to go the Cats as well. You don't, you don't want to hedge your bet, Pez? You don't want to just hedge, so win-win? No. No win-win there for me. No win-win for there, Pez. Let's see how you go in this one. Brisbane versus the Doggies. The line is minus eight and a half, favouring the Lions. Yep, well, you can go first. I'm going to go the Lions for that one, Pez. Yeah, and this is where I've, I've tossed up. I've got the... The Lions doing one to thirty nine. I think the Bulldogs are a really good good shot, but it is played up at the Gabba, and I just can't see myself going against the Lions. If I got an extra goal or something, fourteen and a half, I'd, I'd love to get on the Bulldogs there. But uh, you're going to keep your two point lead source because I'm staying the Brisbane as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting that line pairs that eight and a half. It's a it's a really really grey area. I thought it was gonna, probably going to sit about maybe the nine ten and a half, and that sort of might have enticed you a little bit more. But if you could have got it at 16, you'd be all over that because it is going to be a close game, hence both of us sort of taking the 1-39 to 39 in that. Uh, so it'll be a crack, cracking Saturday night. Yep, and uh, Saturday night. So only t- only two games this weekend and then yeah. two the weekend after and then uh, a grand final and we're on to the NBL. <laughs> yeah, I told you, October 16th, the 144-game season starts. Oh, that's actually just the first weekend, the 144 games. Yeah, they, they play, um, I think, 17 games per day, each club. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a really good start to that NBL season. But um, a, a two-point two lead, you're pretty happy with that heading into semifinals uh, week there, and you, you can't, can't be doing any better, really. Is I'm really, really happy. I've got a two-point lead with five games to go, and I'm sitting at an ROI of 16-point-something percent with five games to go. Looking very healthy, looking very positive, and I've got no more to say, Pez. That's it. That's, that's all you can do. So uh, make sure you jump on at Behind the Bound on Twitter. Uh, get 
all the details for the finals coming up. Enjoy watching the footy and having a, a punt this weekend. If you want to want a live bet from Source, uh, it will be there on Twitter, Behind the Bound. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time.